You're listening to This Naked Mind with Annie Grace. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to This Naked Mind podcast, and I'm here with Marcus. How are you? I'm good, Annie. I'm good. How are you? Great. I'm doing really good. So thank you so much for joining and why don't you kind of take me uh, back to the beginning with you? Like, where did you, where did your story with alcohol begin? All right. And I and I thought about this and I'm actually going to I'm going to go to the beginning, but I'm going to start at the end or start at the, the middle, middle to the end, because like my story is that I quit drinking uh, and then I had a couple of years where I like I realized that drinking was uh, not the diff- most difficult thing for me to quit. It was like the start of a new journey for for me, and I felt like I had a depression. I felt really bad for many years mm-hmm. after that, and I just wanted to read like um, a diary entry that I wrote a year after I quit, uh, just to uh, let you know, like get you in the frame of mind that I had back then. Because uh, I just found this diary like a week ago, uh, and I and I read it, and I was like, "Whoa!" I did not know I was feeling like that. Yeah. So I'm going to start by reading this, and then I'm going to go back and and start from the beginning. And I'm going to translate. This is written in Swedish, so I'm going to translate it on the fly and hope hope it uh, hope I don't mess it up too much. But this is from uh, the 16th of uh, November 2020. So. Uh, I'm feeling so damn down today, Uh, so many mixed emotions about everything, and it's hard to find out exactly why. This weekend, or uh, more specifically this Saturday evening, uh, I felt very strongly that I wanted to give up sobriety again. It feels like I am a lone warrior fighting against an invisible enemy for a purpose that nobody around me understands. I have started craving drinking again, which is a bad sign, but I'm feeling so damn bored with life. Like every week is the same thing, day out and day in. Today it's Monday again, and I know what next Monday is going to look like, and the Monday after that, it'll be the same thing. I think they call this despair. The only realistic solution that I can see out of this is to start drinking again, to numb the boredom of every day. I know it will work. Because that's why most people use alcohol to begin with, even if they're not aware of it. But I also know that it would mean uh, a great deal of regret and anxiety uh, on my my part. Every morning I feel hungover would be so much worse than it's been before. Uh, And I'm also afraid to lose what I've, the new thing, like whatever I found uh, in myself in this last, uh, this last year. But what's the alternative to do nothing and uh, keep feeling like shit or change my life situation in, in some way? And what the hell am I going to do? It doesn't make it easier that my my even my wife thinks that this stop drinking thing might not be a good idea. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's that's one year after I, I stopped drinking. Uh, so let's come back to that in, in a while. But, but my, my point here is that it's, it is a journey and uh, it's, I think it can be good for other people to know that it, it can feel like that uh, and that it will change uh, eventually. 
Uh, so that was sort of my point of, of, of reading all of that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, like going back to the very beginning, I was brought up in a, in a small town in, in the south of Sweden with like a thousand uh, people who lived there. Uh, my parents, uh, they used to have quite a lot of parties. I think I was 10 or 11 the first time I, I had a sip of wine, I think. Like I, I don't remember the experience very vividly, but I, but I, 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 I feel some in the back of my mind i feel that that happened uh, and it was just for me it was like connected with so much excitement and and fun and party and like growing up and becoming an adult that was like everything that i associated with with alcohol and i know that the first time i bought my own was when i was i think i was 13 and we were on a trip with we used to go to italy uh, during the summer and go camping and we went with a neighbor family and the boy there in that family, he was three years older, so he was 16. And he asked me if I'd started, if I had started to party yet. Mm-hmm. And, and I, um, I was like, well, what do you, uh, what do you mean? And I was like, yeah, have you started drinking yet? So he associated like immediately associated partying with drinking there for me, like when I was 13 and I was like, no. No, I haven't. And and he he said he was going to go to to the store and buy some because in in Sweden you have to be uh, eighteen to to buy it in in special stores, but in Italy it's it's available everywhere. So so I did, and I brought some home, and yeah, I guess I had a good time when I got home with my friends. And that that was the start of it, like my alcohol career. Maybe I didn't start drinking ever like regularly after that, but that when I was like. In entering early adulthood that was my introduction to it and then I remember we moved to Gothenburg like a big bigger like second biggest city in, in Sweden uh, in 1997 that same year actually so I moved from a town of like thousand people to a city of 400,000 and like I went sort of like popularity wise I went from top of the highest rung of the ladder to to the bottom rung of the ladder I remember like starting a new school with people I didn't know who didn't like me and that was a, a major like experience and shift in my life I remember so that was a big big thing that happened I guess I uh after about a year I managed to I met my best friend back then whose name is uh is Martin we started drinking beer quite regularly uh when we were 14 15 maybe uh, and in sweden you can buy like 3.5 percent beer in in regular stores so we had places we could go to that that would sell it to us so we so that's that's when we started like maybe age of 15 we started drinking beer almost every weekend going out to the parks hanging out with punk rock kids and uh, just having doing what 15 year olds do basically then I started like senior high school in Sweden. You go to or up in upper secondary school. You go between sixteen and ages of sixteen and nineteen or eighteen, basically. Um, that was sort of a turnaround for me. Like I, I'd grown into my own skin a little bit more. I got more comfortable. Started partying. Like I was out of puberty and just life felt comfortable and great and awesome. It was, I think it was basically like parties at least every weekend. And just that's what you did during the weekends. You went out and tried to find a party to go to. So I remember those times as being really a lot of fun and a lot of craziness uh, and spontaneity and just 
and like breezed through my studies. I, I have a good, uh, good head for for learning or book book learning. So so I I managed to get get through senior senior years of high school pretty easily. Yeah, and that was that. And then I started uh, university. So I moved by myself to a different city uh, in Sweden, uh, and I started um, studying. My I know my intention going there was. Uh, now the party is really gonna take off so i just went all in for the 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 parties and, and not so much the the studying actually i met new friends and basically like i was attracted to the people who were like me of course and liked to party and everything like that so i know we did like a lot of three to four days in a row of of just drinking and going out and driving to different cities and yeah, having a blast. I know at at one point we even like stilled with we we made our own homemade uh, distillery and made our like a liquor in in my uh, like a cupboard I had uh, in my apartment. So I had like a plastic jar and a yeah, right, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty fun looking back at that, I guess. Like around that, and I also went to Australia there for for uh, like a, for a break, and and we, me and two friends went to Australia, Australia for six months, and then one month in Thailand, and just just dialed up the cranked up the party notch even more, and and just like went all in for that. So that was also like a good time. I remember I, uh, a a bottle shop that that was like right next to where we lived. Uh, every time we came there, the guy said, "Okay, guys, the Swedish guys." Another day, another case, right? So we bought, bought like a case a day almost, a beer. So coming back from Australia, having missed a year of school, I guess the parties continued. But right around that time, like I think I had my first bad experiences of, of alcohol, like that, that it gave me something, except I know I've had a lot of hangovers before, but like I, I had my first panic attack, for example. I know like after a festival I went to, and I um, remember remember standing in my bathroom and just everything was spinning and I didn't I didn't know what happened uh, and I got really anxious and like started like hyperventilating and I thought it was like I deduced at that time that it was because I was I thought I was like physically addicted to alcohol or something. We've been drinking for a couple of days in a row. It's like no, I gotta I gotta take it easy now for a while. And my friends just laughed at me. So that was my like sort of my first memory of a bad thing that alcohol could do to me, like affect me in that way. And that was in my early twenties, mm. I think. But um, yeah, I got through university barely, and then I moved to uh, to Stockholm uh, when I was around twenty five to um to start like to get a job and, and start like my real my career or my real life <laughs> or real life my career I guess uh the next step of my life journey began there and there I also met my wife yeah life started changing a little bit uh it went from parties going out to more like having dinner parties and and having a uh, couple's dinners and, and things like that and sort of started slowing down a little bit with the drinking actually i still i know i still had a craving for like going out and ha and going crazy but life sort of changed in a way that that wasn't happening as often 
but but even even still uh i started having more and more of these bad experiences after drinking and i had a lot of i had a lot of panic attacks i remember one time where it was so bad that i had started a new job and it was like a i felt it was for me it was a high pressure job it was like i was a consultant like an IT consultant, but a junior one. And I felt that I really didn't know what I was doing. Like I didn't know what I was consulting. <laughs> I didn't know the thing, the trade. Uh, I was just thrown into a, to a place where I was supposed to know everything and I didn't. So that was really a lot of pressure on me. I started getting more and more like anxiety and panic attacks from that. And it got to a point where I couldn't even like ride the subway there on my way to work without almost like, having to get off because I was feeling so trapped uh in in uh in, on the subway and um, and so that whole thing culminated in uh like my I I remember my wife was on a business trip to to the states actually and I was alone and I'd been out partying on a Friday I think woke up felt really anxious I started feeling more and more anxious like the day after parties I went to my friend and like being around other people always helped. Um, so that, that made me feel better. But then he was having a party at his place like that evening. And I thought like, okay, well, I'll, I'll just join them and, and drink some more. And that will take away the, the thing for now. And then just like forget about tomorrow. So I did. And then tomorrow came and tomorrow was, of course, like a really nice, sunny, hot day. And I woke up in his apartment and I was feeling like worse than ever and we went out to took our bikes and went out to like a coffee shop in the somewhere in Stockholm and I just really got hit by this massive panic attack that I didn't know I didn't know what to do I was just trapped in in in, in like a bubble of fear and darkness and everything just came like crumbling down so I had to call my I called my wife and like I think I cried and and that was the beginning of me realizing that I had to quit this job uh, and relieve the pressure of that. So I, I, I basically, I think I burned out. Like I, 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 I made an appointment with the, with the doctor, and and I and I got like sick leave uh, for a couple of months, and and I quit that job, and I went to see a psychiatrist, and yeah. So that was a, a, another learning experience. I didn't associate that with alcohol at the time that much like I, I thinking back now I, sh I I should have but I didn't I was like well it's a stressful job and um, alcohol doesn't help that was my um that was my conclusion basically looking back now I I realized that alcohol did a lot more than just not help it it, it actually I think it cre created uh was a big part in creating that situation wow yeah anyway so I got through that and and uh, we had our uh, first daughter like I'm now in my 30s, early 30s, and we had our first daughter and we decided to that we wanted to move to a different town, uh, get away from the big city stress life and move to where I live now, actually in Malmö, in the south of Sweden, where we had family and it felt like we could buy a house for the price of our apartment and or so uh, it felt natural to get away from the stress. And so we did. So we moved down here. And I guess this is really where things started like going more going bad. I had like I started having more and more bad experiences uh, with alcohol and a lot of like memory 
memory lapses. That was my thing, like not knowing what happened the day before or the evening. So I remember my first, uh, like I switched, like I switched careers when I moved here. I, I, I went from like being working in IT to becoming like a, a programmer and working in IT. So I went, I started um, like as a developer down here. And my first job, my first Christmas party at that job, I remember having a lot of fun and then waking up the day after and not knowing what happened like after nine or 10 o'clock. Yeah, that's especially hard when, when it's people that you work with. And that was just one of many events where I didn't know what, what happened. I have this story I I tell sometimes about my uh, about my wedding. We got married in uh, 2019 and like we had like 60 people came to our wedding. We had it at my, at my parents' uh, like country place, place in the country, big tents and everything and a beautiful day and a lot of nice fine speeches and, and uh, really good, good times, good party. I remember waking up the day after in, in in a cabin that we rented, and and my wife. No, I uh, I I told her like a good party uh, last night. It was really fun. Too bad we didn't get uh, to do the dance. And she was like, "What are you talking about? We did dance." And I was like, "Oh crap! Uh, all right, that doesn't feel very good." And like just experiencing the day after, uh, greeting or or talking to the people who are still there and like it's not like I did anything stupid it was just like I didn't remember it and that was bad enough for me and just like the day after was completely ruined because I was so hungover and yeah so it was one of many experiences like that uh that got me thinking about my drinking <laughs> and that's when I around this time when I started like trying to trying to quit and I had many episodes of trying to quit. Actually, I think I started the first time I did try to do something about it was back in 2016 when I bought a book, my, like my first quitlet book. It was a Swedish, written by a Swedish guy called uh, Skål or something. And I, I, I felt good reading about other people's stories, but at the same time, he was more from an AA philosophy, and I remember reading that he said, "Okay, it, it's 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 all very nice and good that you're here and that you realize that you have a problem, but the problem is that to actually become free and fix this thing, this is what you have to do. You have to reach a rock bottom, and then you have to go to a meeting, and then you have to stand up and 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 introduce yourself as an alcoholic, and then you have to keep going to meetings." And I was like, okay, that's that's definitely not where I am right now. That's at least 10 years uh, from where I am right now. So I'm not going to do that. And I didn't. So, um, but, but, I, but I know because I found the, uh, I found the book and then I, I looked at my like purchase history and I know I, I bought it in 2016. So even like back then I had uh, the first thoughts of, of doing something about it. Like, but it wasn't until... And like I was going to say, like the thing about rock bottoms is that I had a lot of bad experiences, memory losses and doing bad things. And but I I could never like define any of them as a rock bottom because that bottom keeps moving all the time. So it's like for me, it was impossible to find anything like that. When I really started to try to quit, I guess that was around 2018, 2019 uh, sometime. And I know I did a lot of things. I tried 
moderating. I had an app that counted my drinks that I used for a while. I like saved bottle caps in my pocket. I um, just tried different things and didn't work. I uh, I tried not drinking at certain parties or like trying to keep a have a, a couple of weeks sober, but it never like it never worked. I always changed my mind, and I started to get more and more familiar with this concept that we call cognitive dissonance, where um, your higher mind wants something and your lower mind wants something else. And then you feel that you have zero control over your own like experience. And that's how I felt more and more at that time. Really annoying. And I did not know what to what like what I could do about it. And and then one day, I think this was yeah, it was we were on a trip to Crete in 2019. And it was my 35th birth, birthday. And I I don't know what what it was about this day or this trip that did something to me, but I I decided like I'm gonna try this in a different way. Uh, I think I was at I was at the I was lying at the pool with a beer in the sun, and then I saw a dude at the other side of the pool, and he came back to his family, and he had like two two plastic cups of Coke, I think, and he looked so serene and he looked so like calm and and happy and I was and he wasn't drinking beer and I was like maybe I could be that guy that's what I was thinking and that's when like I think maybe something clicked to me because that I think the day after my my 35th birthday I ordered my first quitlit book that I actually liked and that was The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober by Catherine Gray uh, and that was like my introduction to how this could be like uh wonderful experience and what I now call like re reversed FOMO like what am I what am I missing by not drinking or, or by drinking what am I missing by drinking and like an introduction to that kind of thinking and I but and then after that I, I, I read a lot of other quitlet books I, I, I read uh, Unwasted, Kick the Drink, Jason Vale and Arthur Carr, Alan Carr and I kept like trying to I kept stopping and then not managing to do it. So it wasn't until I, I um, like a six month after that, I picked up uh, this naked mind and I don't know why or how I found it, but I just, I guess I just kept trying to find things because the other books, like they were good, but they didn't, they didn't get me all the way there. And then I read this naked mind. I started things to the podcast and that's why I wanted to get on here because I loved listening to these kind of stories. So so that was like a, a really big thing for me. And one thing that really caught me with this naked mind was the introduction or the in the beginning, you talk about the back pain and, and your experience with, uh, with, with Dr. Sarno reading his books about uh, back pain. And I had really had some back pain of my own uh, at that time. I had pain in my entire body I'd had for a while, like in my legs, in my thighs, in my butt and back and in my arm, like I had pain everywhere and I couldn't get rid of it. So that's when I was like, wow, this book that she's talking about in this, uh, this book, <laughs> um, that would be interesting. So I actually, I picked that up and read that. Basically, that's, that introduced me to the concept of there being something more to than meets the eye, like with 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 this world, with our bodies, with our everything. 
I read uh, a book by by Dr. John Sarno and started working on my my relationship with my own emotions and my thoughts. And that's when and my back back pain started going away slowly and I could start running again. And that was like a huge thing for me that happened insight wise, you might call it. And so that was from 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 your book. And and um, after reading that, uh, This Naked Mind, I, I quit again. And this was also when the pandemic hit. So it was really tough time. Like I, I want to say like it, it took, it took me from the first time when I quit it, when I was 35, it took me two years before I actually had my last drink. And that was on my 37th birthday. So, and between the time that I quit and the, and the, and the two years after that, like my 37th birthday, I'd gone through a lot of mental pain. I, I, my life started like the, the thing I read in the diary is like my life started getting really, really tough. I felt like after the drinking, like I, I had, I couldn't uh, stop trying to find problems in in my life that that I that I that I should blame uh, to fix how I was feeling. Because I thought that reading the unexpected joy of being sober, for example, I thought that everything would be awesome when I stopped drinking, and then it wasn't. It was just like, okay, I managed to stop now. That wasn't wasn't that hard, but now I'm feeling like shit. So how do I fix that? And and I and I even I, I talked to a coach uh, that I that I that I found through your podcast for a while, and I and I went on antidepressants, and I tried exercising, and I tried like everything. And I had a lot of data points where I decided that alcohol might be the solution again. And that was, yeah, that was, that was like the most painful years so far of my life, like between quitting and two years after that. And then something happened. I don't know what clicked after two years, but then I sort of knew somehow that I actually, actually am not going to blame alcohol anymore or see that as a solution for my for my internal problems and that was right around the time where i found actually found your uh coaching program and and signed up for that so uh it's all intertwined with that i guess but but that experience has really put me through a different mindset and now now i'm finally there where where i where where people talk about like where alcohol is like really really not significant at all in in my life but it took me a long time and that's i guess that's my message that it can go quickly but it can also take a while and i mean don't despair because if you keep on doing the work like i did and keep on listening to the podcast and keep on learning and keep on experiencing new things or experiencing old experiences in a new way you will eventually get to a place where i that i did where it just flips in your head and you're like, okay, this is not something that I'm going to look at, look to as a solution anymore. So yeah. And that's where I am now. Oh, that's so amazing. Um, so every time when you would go back and you would be like, oh, I think, I think alcohol is the solution. Yeah. If you had to sum up what you found about that, what would you 
how would you say? What do you mean? How, how I would like? Yeah. What did you find out about alcohol being the, the solution? Well, for me, it's like I, I, the thing that I learned in, in myself and I know with, with everyone is that it's not particularly that there's something about alcohol that's, I could say that I know that it doesn't, I know that it doesn't relax me and I know that in, in the long term and I know that it doesn't uh, make things more fun or, or, or I don't think it tastes good and, and so forth. Uh, but for me, it's more like, stop trying to look for anything that's external that's that would be a solution to my internal problems so alcohol is just one example of, of this and this is what i i talk about quite a lot like alcohol is just a symptom but another symptom is just negative thoughts another symptom is like blaming your relationship and another symptom is like blaming whoever i just feel that alcohol is exactly the same thing there uh it's it's trying to find something else externally that will fix how I feel uh, inside. Um, so I've just tried to stop looking for external problems and and and, and turn turn inwardly instead. I love that. And how how is that like? What does that look like for you? I started. I got into meditation a couple of years ago, uh, and I think that was a big thing uh for me in this journey it might even have been the thing that kicked it off actually mm. because i started med meditating i got introduced to it uh from a woman at, at my previous job and then after that i just started changing my life in different ways like i quit i quit nicotine that i've been using for 20 years i i jumped on this journey with alcohol a bunch, bunch of things just started to happen. And I know it started with uh, the meditation. So that's been um, pretty huge for me and uh, like a guiding, guiding thing. And when I talked about what well, I, when I read uh, the journal entry, I said that the new thing that I found, uh, I don't want to let go of the new thing that I found in myself. I think that part of that is like, is the meditation is what what I feel in meditation and and like what I feel is my true self behind everything behind all the thoughts and the emotions and everything my true self like the journey to find that person and the spiritual spiritual journey towards that is has been like a, a, a big driving factor also in this not drinking because I know that alcohol takes me far away from that uh path yeah yeah, that's great. So um, this has just been amazing, Marcus. So <laughs> such, like such a journey that you've been on. And I so appreciate like your transparency and really digging into the fact that it wasn't easy. And I mm. think that, you know, sometimes we want to have this riding off into the sunset experience, but it's not realistic. And when people don't talk about it, it can make people who are struggling really feel less than or as if they're doing it wrong if they don't have this sort of riding off into the sunset experience and so i just really appreciate that um that you shared at that level it's just beautiful so let me ask you the two questions i kind of finish up with which is first of all um since you are one of our only two 
naked mind coaches in Sweden. And I, I believe you do work globally as well. Um, somebody's curious, where can they find you? Yeah, they, they can find me at uh, coachingsweden.com and uh, also on Instagram, Coaching Sweden and Facebook. I do, uh, I do only have Swedish clients right now. I want to say that, but, and my site, my website is, is, is in Swedish, uh, but I am open to international uh, clients as well. I just haven't um, gone that path, okay, like so actively, actively. Send you a DM perhaps if they really resonated yeah. story, because obviously your English is brilliant and, um, but yes, mostly Swedish. So it's, that's just so cool. I love that so much. So let's end with this question. If you were going to go back in time, um, to that journal entry that we started with and you were going to tell him about what life is like now and what he has to look forward to what would you tell him I would say that life is so much more uh, than meets the eye and that what is standing in your way right now to start that journey towards getting there is 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 alcohol alcohol stopping drinking is not the end of anything it's the beginning it's the very beginning of this journey towards um, finding out who you really are and that journey basically almost doesn't have an ending but to take the first step on that that journey um it's, it's going alcohol free is is necessary uh, in in my mind to find out like what this thing that we're doing here is really about yeah. So it's, it's like life, life is, I'm not going to say life is, um, all, uh, roses and, and, uh, butterflies, but, it, but it's, it's real, it's raw and it's, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. And when we let go of so much of our comparison or how it should be, what's left is just like really, you know, uh, curiosity towards life and, I think it's interesting because how I recommend people, how I recommend people start their alcohol-free journey is with a curiosity towards their relationship with alcohol, like a curiosity towards drinking and a curiosity towards how it actually makes them feel and what it actually does. And I think after we stop drinking and we have to uh, live fully awake in the world, then what is the most peaceful place that I have found is a place of curiosity. What is this emotion? Where did it come from? What is happening right now? You know, are my thoughts true? Is this, does, do I need to suffer? You know, all of these points of just kind of curiosity and openness to whatever the experience that comes up is, which is, is really cool. And it does then become really interesting and um, so much less pressurized. Yeah, definitely. Whenever you feel that anything is static in your life, that's a warning sign uh, that you're off thinking thinking that something is, because nothing ever is, is static and everything is gonna change and everything always changes. So that's, I, I love that, that curiosity thing. Uh, it's also ties in with that. Yeah. Well, this has just been, just amazing, Marcus. It's so great to get to know you better and wonderful to have you as a representing this naked mind as a coach. And um, yeah. Yeah. Trying to, trying to bring this naked mind to Sweden. Uh, I have uh, 
I have uh, 10 books of the Swedish translation. I have uh, five of your books and I just, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of my goals to try mm -hmm. to introduce this to Sweden as well. That's just amazing. So great. Well, have a wonderful day and thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been it's been really fun and awesome. Uh, and and uh, as I said, this podcast was was a big big thing for me uh, that helped me in this journey. So I hope I hope that I could help somebody with this this sharing that I did uh, and pay that pay forward. Absolutely certain that it did help many people. So awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're ready to see how This Naked Mind can help you on your personal health and wellness journey and want to learn more, go to thisnakedmindpodcast.com to learn what your next best step is. Again, that's thisnakedmindpodcast.com. We have all of our free resources, programs, social links, and more available for you there. Plus, if you have your own naked life story to share, you can submit it there as well. Until next week, stay curious. Stay curious.